All right. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again so we could do the fun intro. <laughs> Welcome to Bottle Episodes. Welcome to Bottle Episodes. Is that who we're doing? We're doing. You're not going to repeat what you said before we were Wait, recording. So me, we'll are just... you asking me? I don't even remember who started the interaction. Yeah, me neither. That's. I thought it was. I thought it was Pamela. So if we're <laughs> if we're, if we can't remember who started it, we're just starting the show. I hate. We all. We're all three of us are pointing fingers at the other one. It's, the it's like the Spider-Man, Spider-Man meme. Yeah. Oh, we all said it at the same time. <laughs> Welcome to Bottle Episodes. I'm David Piccolomini. I'm Daniel Crow, aka Spider-Man. And this week we're back uh, with uh, three Pete guests. Yeah. Joining the three timer club. <laughs> uh, Pamela Ross. Yeah. Hi. I'm sorry. I know your name. I, we have the guest say. You're good. I wasn't sure if I should say it or you, like you. I usually say clarify it, it but uh, we figured with your you know lung experience right well i mean i am in some ways a staple of the show yeah uh an anchor but i just love obscure and also bad media so same that's my whole (laughs) i'm ready to serve (laughs) uh and so this uh week we have uh the show are you there chelsea and for the show we cover the pilot and then uh the top rated episode on imdb to see if it got any better which was a surprise, which was, I believe, the last episode or the penultimate yeah. episode. No, it was the last. It's Finale. The last yeah. So the, it's one of those shows where they like people are just like, ah, you know what? We're happy the whole thing happened. Glad it's <laughs> over. It's behind us now. Don't, yeah. Don't smile because it happened. Smile because you don't have to watch anymore. You know what? It it ended on a high. I just got to say, what an absolute monument to averageness <laughs> this show is. Yeah. Even on IMDb. It is sitting perfectly at five out of ten. You can click <laughs> the rankings and you can go country by country. You can go demographic by demographic and b- by like point three on either side. Pretty much everyone is like, this is five out of ten. Yeah, it's like the Olive Garden of sitcoms. <laughs> oh, don't. Come on. This is it's way more Applebee's. Yeah. Perfectly mediocre. This is Applebee's. There's way more drugs. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I've only been to Applebee's once, but I have I did go to the You've only been to Applebee's once? I've only been to Applebee's once. All right. You could just tell us you went to private school. It's fine. Yeah. I went to private school my whole life. All right. There you go. <laughs> you should do more of the road. You Sometimes immediately it's the only option. You immediately decoded that. Yeah. <laughs> immediately pegged me. But I I did go to the Times Square Olive Garden once. Okay. On purpose. The, yes. We've all we've all I, made the journey. I've been to the Times Square yeah. Olive Garden once with a friend who said he had a gift card. Which it turned out uh, only covered the wine he ordered, and then he didn't have any other money, and made everyone else pay for. It. And the whole time he's like, "Just keep getting stuff." Oh my god, <laughs> no! So um, it was like a big bill, and then everyone had to pay the kitchen to pay for his. Oh god, he was drunk when we arrived. In fairness, <laughs> and well, have- of course. Yeah. Have you seen him since? Yeah, yeah. Also, that's the only time I've ever been to an Olive Garden. You're like, yeah, that's my bro. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, see, I would make the pilgrimage to Olive Garden on occasion growing up. It's just, yeah. it's very comforting as an Italian-American. See, yeah, same. <laughs> it's That's about as Italian. It's Olive as Garden Italian. As an Applebee-American. That's why I go to Applebee's. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, the show is mediocre. <laughs> well, that's... thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, Are You There, Chelsea? Is uh, It's vaguely based on Chelsea Handler's life. 
and the novel are you there vodka it's me chelsea yeah so are it's vaguely based on are you yeah her life her her experiences in her early 20s as documented in the book are you there vodka it's me chelsea which is like a book of essays it's um, i often think of her in the same vein as david sedaris <laughs> right she's a noted humorist yeah. <laughs> um and honest i i've read the book and it's like it's fun it's funny i was laughing out loud reading it it's I'm, breezy it's very it is so perfectly chelsea like it's her brand you know it's a fun light oh i'm gonna kind of say too much but not really yeah but also yeah and her and as she explains in the book and i think it it sort of sets it, it gives you the context that you need which is that she discovered she should try to do comedy professionally when she got a dui and was in like a sort of court ordered like alcohol class and she was talking about how she got the dui and everyone was laughing she was crushing I she just, was absolutely crushing the meeting i just want to say i love how you refer to aa as alcohol class <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody come on down to alcohol class and, i bet you think we're gonna teach you how to drink alcohol no no and listen i've been to an aa meeting and it's much more serious than just a class <laughs> like, yeah. it, like it's intense no one looked at their phones i could not believe how serious everyone took it um which <laughs> kind of explains why i was there you're like why is every everybody here could use a drink and that is the problem right i was like these needs kids to today they don't take aa seriously they're on the phone the whole time <laughs> but i gotta be honest if chelsea handler's crushing at alcohol meeting uh you know that's a probably it is a tr- good sign and then she did become a comedian. She it was absolutely um, it, it it anticipated her success as a comic whose brand is mostly vodka based <laughs> and and sex based, as you see in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Which is weird because the show feels entirely brandless. Well, that's no, because everything it, interesting is stripped away, it, and that's okay. because the edgier, you know, like the edgier aspects of her comedy, they can't put in a network sitcom. Right. That's yeah. That's kind of I think the issue with the thing is it's promising to be a much edgier act, and it can't actually let itself get that far, and it has to do like weird things like call pussies Pikachu's. <laughs> it's very much like the behavior right. of someone getting drunk at the Times Square Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're going nuts, but in a very safe environment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Applebee's actually has dollar cocktails till eight p.m. <laughs> You know what uh, is so strange, though? Up until about three minutes before we recorded, I was positive this was a CBS show. It is the most CBS-feeling sitcom I've ever seen. Yeah. Turns out, NBC. CBS coded all the way. (laughs) Yeah, it's hornier, but in a weirder way. I feel like that's like a lot of CBS, like two broke girls is like weirdly horny, well, but like two being and a half in men. those writer's rooms, all I'm sure they're just pinging euphemisms for different sexual acts and body parts back and forth. That's the whole time. Yeah, that's all it is, is trying to come up with like sort of PG or PG 13 ways to refer to like oral sex yeah, or, how, or your vagina. How do we get an audience that wants to laugh at sex jokes to laugh at sex jokes where we can't say the sex part? Right. Which begs the question, why is she doing this on NBC? Because it was 2012. You mean the year Netflix started doing originals? Yeah, exactly. Or you mean the like she still had a show on cable where they would have given her more freedom? 
Yeah, but you know, E doesn't do it wasn't doing scripted. Yeah, I feel like the landscape has changed so much for scripted, like where cable time. like yeah, network was so much bigger at the time. This is still a perfect thing for Netflix to try to do when they're starting up because they had so much sta- stand up at that time. They still yeah. do. But like if you've got a chance to do an edgy sitcom with no rules with a sick with a comic that's already done well on your platform, it's I don't know if it was ever offered, but it feels weird to try to do one with that edge to it on network when streaming is becoming an option at the time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I totally, it's also probably just, they gave her a lot more money. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure the paycheck just to like develop the show was fantastic. Yeah. So might as well make that your thing, like might as well make it, see if you can do that. And then if you hit big on network sitcom money, you just get to run forever and make, money in perpetuity and maybe she wanted to just have a relationship with nbc like yeah. some, sometimes you just start working with them in the hopes that like something you know like you can just establish a good relationship all right we'll tweet at chelsea and we'll find out yeah i need to know i have so many business related questions for her because she, <laughs> she is kind of like a business genius yeah no absolutely yeah. I, her and whitney cummings are both like in that weird place where they like absolutely just work and they are and they're fucking workhorses too. Absolutely. Yeah. It and it shows. It shows. I mean It shows because she's clearly exhausted when she has to act in this show. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say what do we how do we feel about the casting? Because she doesn't she obviously doesn't play herself. She plays her sister, her sister Sloan. Yeah. It's weird. I think don't be in the show at all or be the lead. Interesting. It's okay. distracting otherwise. It's, and I like that they had to make her brunette. Because her her she's a blonde, famously. Right. So it is that whole distraction of it. It's so she's because she needs to be a brunette. It's like oh, it's she's kind of in the show. She's kind of not in the show. And I I don't think she was making enough direct commentary for her to be like oh the author insert. You know what she, if she wanted to do direct commentary, they could have framed it like Seinfeld, where she did a bit and then flash back to the story of that life that inspired her bit. She gets to be in it still. But then, yeah, she's not in it in the same way. Yeah, no, I think that would be probably better. But, you know, also, you might want to just act in your own thing, but not have to be the star. She doesn't seem like she wants to act in it. Fair enough. (laughs) Do you do we like Laura Prepon as as her as the lead? She adds and subtracts nothing. I think yeah I actually I like most of the cast most of the casting is talented the funny cast people. is good yes yeah absolutely like Laura Prepon uh Lauren Lapkus I always this is early Lauren Lapkus and Laura Prepon has obviously such like sitcom bona fides she yeah. she will hit a mark she knows how to deliver a line exactly Jake McDornan I also really like as uh Rick he's and then uh, it was fun to see Lenny Clark as like old school Boston Lenny Clark I used to hook up with his nephew in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Clark is an old school Boston Lenny stand-up Clark comedian. Lenny Clark is like such a New England comedy legend and he he kind of and he's he's amazing. He had his own um sitcoms like in the 90s. He's he's great. He has as of late taken a sort of kind of like Nick DiPaolo like hard right turn. Oh, of course. Into some of the conspiratorial political thinking. I'm not trying to say with the pudding vaccines, but like, (laughs) I was fascinated because obviously he's bringing that like that Boston New England thing. Chelsea's actual father is like a Jewish guy from New Jersey, and her mom was Mormon. Oh, weird. Much more interesting. That's the more interesting sitcom. Thank you. 
Like yeah. her childhood in that? Yes. And she comes, so they come, come from sort of a big family. She's like one of like five or six and they were really broke growing up. And that was like a lot of what she talked about growing up. It's like, a shame. She probably originally titled this two broke girls and then was like, ah, <laughs> been taken. But also it would ground the show more in New York. If you have this like New Jersey Jewish guy yeah. as your dad, yeah. as opposed to like the hardcore Boston man. Which is another tonal difference. The Jewish dad, yeah. Mormon mom, is such a better pitch because the one of the big problems with the show is that it has no identity. It's just another sitcom about young people in the city trying to get by. Right. There's so many of those. But how many of them have Ali, Ali Wong? Uh, several. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, good for her. She does work a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, if it was the story about growing up in a Jewish Mormon family, there's, there's jokes you can't even conceive of right. that can be made about that. Yeah. yeah. They haven't made those on TV before. How many circumcisions are they going to have to do? They do half and half on every child. Oh, no. Yeah. So that way they have to wear the other, and that's why they have to wear the special underwear? Yeah. Okay. This all makes sense now. Man, if you're Jewish and Mormon, you have so many clothes you need to be wearing all the time that no one else needs to. <laughs> you've got a hat and you've got the underwear. There's so it's many exa- layers. The laundry alone. Imagine that you have being to do. like an orthodox jewish mormon you're oh just wearing God. four layers of clothes <laughs> and your head is covered at all times <laughs> you're either you've either got a wig or a yarmulke on or both wig oh yarmulke God. wig yeah um veil just yeah. just keeping from but um yeah i do think her actual and then the choice to have like so sloan is pregnant she has this kid it's chelsea's niece and then her husband is like in the military abroad, right? Yes. He's like serving in Afghanistan. That was, that's an invented aspect of the backstory that I just didn't really it's, get. They needed a reason for him to not be at the birth without being tragic. They needed a reason. Exactly. They needed a reason that Chelsea was like being more of a hands-on aunt, basically. Yes. They needed him to be absent. <laughs> I mean, you use the term hands-on aunt. That's when we're really glad that she didn't grow up Catholic because (laughs) (laughs) that could have gone left. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. She is very involved with, I guess that's supposed to be like the heart of the show is that she's like a very involved sister. Yeah. Like her family, like she's, yeah, she's very dedicated to them. But it is weird to have a show about your life as a person and the show's main redeeming quality is how devoted you are to you as a person Mm -hmm. not as a character yeah it's weird i that's like the show she's like look at how good she is at caring for her sister that she does the the actual she does the bare minimum she gets to the hospital yeah eventually yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, you're right. That's the bare minimum, but that is, that's how you start a character arc is you start at the bare minimum and mm-hmm. then they slowly you get build. better. You build, yeah. Yeah. Like, spoiler spoiler alert, by the end of the last episode, uh, she got the dad back home. No, the dad was already coming home. Yeah, she got him back. She expedited. Yeah. No, she just sent her sister to get waxed. <laughs> Which, as valuable. We watched two episodes of the show and each of them had pube subplots. I accidentally watched three episodes. Accidentally, yeah. quote unquote. Imagine, <laughs> because it's on YouTube. It's in like a yeah, playlist. Yeah. And I may or may not have been a little stoned when I watched those. Mm-hmm. I'd hope so. And uh, I accidentally watched the second episode thinking it was the finale. <laughs> <laughs> 
You you saw a one and a two, and you were like, obviously the next one, the final one, that's twelve. It ended, and I was like, that was a real queef of a finale. That really gave me nothing. <laughs> I mean, how 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 much did the regular finale give you? Barely anything. Perfect. It was a wet fart. <laughs> it feels like the episode before the finale. Yeah, it feels penultimate for yeah. sure. Uh, well, I don't believe they did. They air all of their episodes. Uh, it looked like it. Looks like they just made twelve, which is weird. These are usually thirteen. Yeah, I think I think they just aired the twelve and didn't renew. Classic. Uh, it, it. I was talking about this a little bit with David before the podcast, but this is apparently set in New York. It feels so middle American. It feels um like Chicago or Cleveland or something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I said Columbus, but even yeah. But then having Lenny Clark even makes it like just like outside of Boston. Right. Just any kind of like sub suburb style. But yeah, because nobody is doing like weird ambitious city things. No, they're just drinking. And also that's not. Yeah, it doesn't feel at all grounded in the setting. Like Friends is a, a sitcom that does like I'm not a huge Friends person, but it does feel very New York. Yeah, because everybody is actively struggling and trying to make it, and like really ambitious. And I don't get that vibe from anyone in the. This feels like this feels more like Cougar Town. It's also like we immediately meet two Christian characters in New York. No, <laughs> no, you do not. That- I, I don't think I've met one in my entire time in New York. Oh, on the way here, we passed by we passed by a Mormon church. And empty. I have, and it, it was empty <laughs> at the time. But it gave me pause. I was like, oh, they're here too? Like, of course they are. But yeah. I just, I've never, listen. You forget. I've never met a Mormon here. I'm just saying. I mean, I live near like a Catholic church. It's, yeah, it's one of those things where you, you're like, oh yeah, I guess people use that sometimes. Yeah, people do that here. I don't know. Especially in Queens. Yeah. Oh no, I'm doxing myself. I want to think about There's, this <laughs> because of the ethnics. Here, here's the thing about Christianity in New York. City. I'm talking about Polish people. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> when the Pope, when the Pope came to New York, he filled Yankee Stadium for one day. Springsteen fills Giant Stadium for like three days. So, so the odds are. Like, there's clearly a disparity. In New York, Springsteen, undeniably a bigger cultural icon than the Pope. He's the, more the, important. I yeah. just, I picked him out of May. There are plenty of people that will play the, the football stadium and the Pope is only doing the baseball stadium. Yeah. There are plenty of people that can pull twice as many as the Pope <laughs> in love, New York. I love the idea that it's like, I'm just Pope saying can only do baseball. He, he's the, not a draw. Pope's doing baseball because it's America's sport. I'm saying Kevin Hart can do football stadiums. The Pope can't. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, the Pope wasn't in Ride Along, so... God, imagine if he was. <laughs> That'd be great. Such good stunt casting. Yeah. Let's put the Pope in more movies, guys. <laughs> That's what let's I've been saying. In, let's put him in Are You There, Chelsea? My, my <laughs> let's phone, have him replace the small bar back. My phone pings, and I'm like, the Pope just signed with WME? <laughs> oh, my God. The Pope is in Riverdale. <laughs> That's a show that could have the Pope in it for a season. Oh, As a character or the absolutely. actual Pope? Absolutely. Either yeah. one. Oh my god, that show has gone so I had I mean, to tap out R. the R. third P. season. It's recently ended. It it did it did end but Riverdale in peace. <laughs> I tapped out in the third season once they started getting to like the Dungeons the and role play. Yes, the Dungeons Suicide and Cult? Dragon game. Yeah. I said, I can't I'm out. But anyway. What? Oh, there are five serial killers in season three. Oh, <laughs> could have been one of them. 
Yeah. So, uh, by the way, come check out. Yeah, the Pope. Well, the Pope is pro-life. <laughs> so I don't. Oh, you can murder and be pro-life. I think we've seen that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is taking a weird twist. This is not where I should be up something. Anyway, so uh, let's talk about the actual. Let's talk about the pilot. So yeah. Chelsea gets a DUI. And she starts uh, working. She moves closer to where she needs to work at a bar. She decides not to make any real life changes about drinking. There is a very confusing joke for me when yeah. she moves because she literally counts out the number of steps for how far it is from the bar to this new apartment. Uh-huh. And her friend goes with her and Chelsea counts fewer steps than her friend does. And then her friend's like, oh, I counted this amount. And huge laugh. Is the joke just that she's shorter? The joke is that she's petite and her her steps are smaller. That yeah. is that got too big of a laugh. She's so little and Asian. I just I thought there must have been more to that joke. Oh yeah, she's played I just, by uh, Ali Wong. Her I best just, friend is played by Ali Wong. I thought there's no way the joke is simply that she's shorter because we've observed them standing next to each other, and I've already noticed she's shorter. This is not a surprise. I I gain no revelations. There's a lot of stature based humor. There is a little person in the cast. I think he's probably the MVP of the show for me. Yeah, he's funny. Oh, yeah. It, like, that is the thing is, like, everybody is doing, like, a good job at acting. Everyone is nailing the sitcom acting. Yeah, which is not always... We just did the show, uh, How We Roll with Pete Holmes. The bowling show. Yes. Okay, so uh. she's heard of it. Because uh, it was a... So Dale was like, have you heard? How did this come out in 2022? And I've never. It, that show, it was like barely a blip on the radar. Yeah. It, it but, came out and I was like, oh, I should watch at least an episode because it's interesting to me to see Pete doing like a network sitcom. That was new for him. Well, yes. I got news yeah. for you. He doesn't. He plays it like a drama. <laughs> I wish you had done that episode with us. It's so weird. And then, and then it just ended. It was like, it was like, it barely came out. Yeah, exactly. Completely overshadowed. So weird. But anyway. I mean, people love bowling, so. Great <laughs> great sitcom acting in this one. Yeah, and that's you could see the difference of like when it's it, just it, people playing it by the note. It's interesting you bring up how we roll, though, because how we roll, we're at a point in sitcoms where you need to have a hook like that. That's not just here's some people in the city mm-hmm. trying to make it. Like, why would you ever watch another show like that? Well, you've got a hundred better versions of that that you can watch on streaming right now. Okay, but this is 2012. Yeah, you can still watch any of these online. Well, sure. Yeah, but we're just getting to the point where that's shifting. So this is like kind of getting caught in that fold, I would say. But all of your viewers have seen by this point Seinfeld or Friends or How I Met Your Mother or whatever. They don't need another show that's just kind of... Well, but... Yeah, but I mean, even how I met your when did how I met your mother come out? Probably like six years before this. Oh my god! All right, it's ancient comparatively, but like Happy Endings is still a show that came out around this time. That's like a great, which version. never reached the heights of. No, that's true. Which I'm is saying, like, from a perspective, great and not well. This is I love Happy Endings. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is they're doing the live studio audience thing. Yeah. Is it live? It's at least pretending to be. Yeah, you're right. There's a laugh track. So like, which is also going out of style at this point. Right. Like in 2012, it's starting to, but it's still shifting out. So this, I think, is just something that's like caught. We're at the point where you need more of a hook for your sitcom, though. Absolutely. But they were just figuring that, uh, like, it's literally a bunch of old style thinking that hadn't been updated. And then you just get a show that is so competently middle of the road. It's almost impressive. Yeah. 
Because it's actually like hard to get that middle of a line in like a show like this. They were obviously casting a wide net, but my question is, who was watching this? Clearly, the ratings weren't amazing. No. You're a fan. Were you watching? No. And you like Chelsea Handler. And I've read two or three of her books, but but I like the late night show because it was edgier. And I like the fact that she had like a panel of comedians. Cause we don't really have panel shows in the U S no, she was, she was actually one of the few people doing a panel show. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They, they would always, it would always like, it would be a monologue and then like a panel segment and then sometimes sketches and an interview. But, and pe- that was a, like a launching pad for a lot of people's careers. Like, oh yeah. Guy Branham wrote about that in his book. Um, and how it was huge for him. Lonnie Love, Joe Coy, a lot of people. She's been very supportive of other stand-ups, which yeah, I appreciate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not really... It's just the show is a mis- mismatch show... of things. It's not like, yeah. obviously, everybody involved with it is talented. and right. works My cool mind things. is not boggled in the same way I have been by pretty much every other sitcom we've covered. Yeah. The confusing thing for me is how they managed to be the most average show I've ever seen. Wow. It's the, almost impressive. Oh, well, here, here's a good answer for you. Uh, the series was created by the person who created Dharma and Greg. Wow. Yeah. No, this does have very Dharma and Greg energy. And then, Actually, yeah, this is just, this just has Greg energy. <laughs> There's no Dharma in this. <laughs> well, the person, the other person who's the co-creator, uh, then went on to write for last man standing. So, wow. Uh, so he got, he got right wing as well. Uh, she. Oh, okay. It's two ladies. Two women created it. Yeah. Julie and Dottie. But uh, like that is like that makes a lot of sense. This does have that kind of like it's punchy, but it's safe. I got to be honest with you. I cannot believe that Tim Allen agreed to be on a show created by a woman. That's shocking. <laughs> no, me. no, he didn't. Tim Allen didn't. He the, is it the, last she didn't, standing. She didn't create it. She just oh, was writing on it. I might. I stand by my point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm shocked Tim Allen agreed to be on a show written by a woman that a woman was involved in. Yeah, yeah, that, that a woman was writing me. on. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, uh, I was reading uh, from or not reading. Uh, There's a podcast with the, one of the writers, like the co-creator of Last Man Standing. Yeah, and he's talking about how like it is that we're thinking as like he was a very liberal guy. So it would be the push and pull that would fuel a lot of that. So he probably is like trying to hire people in. Yeah, there was just pull. I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah, I believe that. That is. um, Was that CBS? I think it might have started out on Fox and then ended up on the country music television. Uh, Okay. (laughs) On CMT. That that does kind of make sense. Yeah. FOX to CMT. It's set in a quote unquote not a Bass Pro Shops. (laughs) <laughs> and i wouldn't be surprised but they sell the dvds at bass pro shop <laughs> it's a very it's a branding opportunity i love if it. you want to have the experience of watching last man standing without actually watching last man standing drive into memphis and see the giant bass pro shops pyramid as you enter the city and then leave immediately it's what the a, exact same feeling what a beautiful landmark yeah <laughs> It's right across the highway from the Civil Rights Museum, and it's about three times the size. <laughs> Just a bit of a, a mark on Memphis, right? What there. a beautiful metaphor. Yeah. For how popular Bass Pro Shops are. <laughs> well, it wasn't built as a Bass Pro Shop. They built it, I believe, as a stadium. It was, yeah. 
when the Memphis Grizzlies, the NBA team, moved there, that's where they played for like a year or two, and they were like, "Yeah, we can't play in a giant glass pyramid. You need to build us a new stadium." So they went and played in the college stadium for a little bit. Now they're in, a, and so then they just had this giant glass pyramid in a swamp, sitting empty for like a decade until Bass Pro Shops rolled up, spit out some chewing tobacco, and went, "We'll take it. I don't care." I am picturing like the glass pyramid outside of the Louvre, but it's yeah. bigger. But bigger. It's so much bigger. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. Wow. It's got a giant Bass Pro Shop logo etched onto the side. Well, I got to go to Memphis. There's a hotel in the Bass Pro Shop. And I looked it up. It's expensive. <laughs> it's really expensive to stay in the Bass Pro Shop. Well, but, yeah, it's beautiful. They, they have a giant glass. It actually ceiling. did look really nice, like a really nice. They, and the Grizzlies pre- pl- uh, used to play there. That's yeah. important. Ooh, the ghosts of free throws missed <laughs> from the past may haunt you at night. <laughs> okay, so uh, so they go to visit the apartment that she's going to move into because she just has decided she'll move in there, and it's Lauren Lapkus lives there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Our first she, Christian. Yeah, she is super hardcore christian and like but the character is obviously supposed to be like her new autistic? quirky roommate oh, okay. but i couldn't uh, i i didn't get a coherent picture of like what exactly her deal was she was just always so weird she was just weird at every turn they just cast lauren lapkus and hoped that that was enough yeah basically they were like well she's supposed to be the opposite of chelsea okay she's just completely the innocent Every step of it, she's like kind and caring and too much so. She made a tuxedo for a squirrel. Yeah, she's cute and and not cynical. And, you know, so she's supposed to be the polar opposite. They're doing the odd couple. Mm, okay. But it's, uh, but they, yeah, they don't add that much to it. And it's just Lauren, La- they're hoping Lauren Lapkus is, it's kind of like, uh, you, it would be what would happen if this was n- like Ellie Kemper in the office. Yeah is what they're kind of trying to go for but they're not giving it the same level of like writing to it right but that's also comparing it to the office which you know has it's no dharma and greg <laughs> lauren lapkus what played pete holmes uh ex-wife in crashing there you go there we go another pete holmes connection should have been in how we roll <laughs> this is going to be released as a two-part episode with how we roll isn't it sure all right whatever <laughs> actually you know what put how we roll in the vault They'll never, they'll never get don't it. Don't release that episode. Yeah, you have to go to Patreon to get We're going to we have roll. to create a Patreon if you want to hear that episode. Behind the paywall. We're going to have to create the Patreon for How We Roll. It'll be the How We Roll Pete Holmes Memorial. <laughs> the Pete hey, Holmes Memorial pay, Patreon. You, yeah, you have to pay your respects. <laughs> you know he's pissed about how that show went, too. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know. He may, not, he may have just done it because his agent was like, you got to do it. He might have been happy to do other projects. I... Maybe it's just because I see him as so ego driven <laughs> that I'm like, he wanted, he was excited to be a sitcom star. I don't know. Yeah. No, you definitely would let it go to your head. Why would you not? Because no one becomes a sitcom star nowadays. Uh, Yeah, they do. Who? Abbott Elementary. One example. Okay. Gerard, Gerard Carmichael. Carmichael show. Yeah. He, he kind of. So you have that. to be black. <laughs> That's what we've. Okay. Well, we figured it out. That's the secret. <laughs> Uh oh, but like as also like everybody in modern family. That was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, that's fair. So like th- are you there, Chelsea would have been like the last gasp of people able to become sitcom stars. And it didn't work. Uh well, yeah, I get no. And then your example CBS, of it all- on CBS, 
uh, I guess though, no, I guess Mike and Molly and Billy Gardell and everybody are all that was like around this same time. This was the last gasp of it. Okay. Other yeah. than that, like you've thought of one example in the last ten years that people got success off of. Yeah, I guess it's all been big dramas or like yeah, yeah, or unscripted. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, poor. Welcome to Flatch. Rip, welcome to Flatch, an adaptation of that's another BBC show we ruined. <laughs> an adaptation of this country. Uh, so, oh, and um, then everything else in the episode. She's just trying to get to her sister. Um, her sister doesn't think she's responsible enough. He's like, you know what? You're not going to be there when I have my baby. But then she goes anyway and videotapes the whole thing. And then they accidentally play it on the, at, at, on, the bar at the bar TV. Oh, right. Because they're going to show naked women. And then they accidentally show a naked woman. No, they only show her face. Well, that we see. Obviously, they're not going to show. We see it. They see the whole time we see it come on the TV and him turn it off. Okay. We we forgot the plot line where she dates a redhead guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, the ginger. That is from, that's lifted directly from the book. Okay. It's a whole essay about how horrifying it was to see a uh, ginger man's pubes. Wow. Pube plot line one. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, uh, he's a perfectly nice guy. And so when she dis- dismisses him because of simply his pubes, now we think our lead of this show that they want us to watch for 10 seasons, just generally not a good person. Yeah. Not well, not super endearing. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, hold on. I'm now. So this is a whole essay. Yeah. That she wrote about this guy's pubes. Yeah. About how she, you know, she was, sl- you know, slutting it up and drinking a lot in her early 20s. And a lot of it's about, you know, her romantic and sexual misadventures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. And she talks about just like meeting this guy that she was attracted to in spite of his red hair. And then when she actually got him naked, she was like terrified. Wow. Yeah. That is. <laughs> what a story to like. But like, can you imagine like being that dude and then being like, oh, there's a story about me in this. I know. And then on top of that, then later. You're, there's the sitcom where that's just the in the first episode of it. Yeah, which she, is not a super strong one to start with. She also doesn't seem terrified in this show. She just kind of happens. She's like, nah, no, nah, I can't. Yeah. So they, for comedic purposes, they should really lean in. Yeah. He should have like he should have disgusting pubes and then also red hair, which is like a multiplier on it, like. He should, they should be already like dreaded out. I, for, from a visual perspective, mm-hmm. just give him weird chest hair. Like we can't see his weird pubes. Mm-hmm. So the joke is less effective for us. They, if you're trying to have make, them in pigtails, we see them below the balls. Like it's Jesus we see Christ. And that is worse. <laughs> you cannot put that on NBC. You actually, you can. That's the problem. It's, it's sometimes it's worse when you have censorship because you have to get creative and bad. The pubes are like macrame into little baskets. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> They're just yeah, hanging. Just to catch. It's like. Um, <laughs> it would have been more interesting to me if the guy had checked all of her boxes and been perfect on paper and then she had to wrestle with whether or not she could fuck a redhead. Well, they kind of do set that up, but they never really get into it much. Like, he's a Harvard graduate lawyer or whatever. But then she never really br- talks about that. Yeah. 
It's just fully focused on whether or not she wants to have sex with the guy with red hair. I also already like forgot that aspect of it. It just <laughs> it not a lot in the show like makes a deep impression. Olive Garden, Applebee's, yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Sorry, Columbus. You've, I've had nice days there. <laughs> I've had nice days. Apologies there. to Columbus. Yeah. I, guy, guy Fieri was born there. And he's holding the Flavortown Festival next summer. And you know what? I'm going. I'll say it right now. I'm going to the Flavortown Fest. First live podcast. Live podcast from the Flavortown <laughs> Fest. Columbus, I hope you welcome Ooh. me with open arms. Guy Fieri has to have a show that's poorly rated on. No, because I keep making alt accounts to keep rating them up. <laughs> so there's highest rated shows of all time. Ooh, have you seen uh, Rachel and Guy's Celebrity Cook-Off? No, I haven't. Well, that could that could qualify. All right. Well, it's... we don't besmirch Guy on this show. Uh, Coolio's in it. Yeah, we can. Anyway. Coolio? Co- yeah. Max... The, is the same one or is this a different Coolio? <laughs> it is the <laughs> one in the same. Okay. It's the one you're thinking of. All right, cool. <laughs> Yo. Did he die recently? Yes. Yeah. Oh. He died this year. R.I.P. Uh, Coolio. He's not going to go to Flavortown Fest. It'll be tough to well, get he'll there. Be Dude, there all of Guy's musician friends are dying this year. The guy yeah. from Smash Mouth as well. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. He's at his darkest point. He's like, I, I got to set up the fest. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying the episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast right here very easily on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere where you like it. It'll take you five seconds and uh, will make me happy. Daniel will send me a little text. Be like, hey, we got a new review. And, uh, you know, it's like a, where it's an emergency. We all got to check it. Anyway, uh, so go do that. Uh, if you like Pamela, go follow her on Instagram at Pam Not Anderson. And uh, check out her Substack, namedropping.substack.com. Also, you can uh, find me at DPIC Comedy and on Instagram or on TikTok at Lit, Lit Grandma 69 also, check out my comedy special, Goblin King, and my show, January 10th, Christian Science Theater 3000, where we make fun of a bad Christian movie, riffing over it at Three Diamond Door at 8 p.m. It is free to go. Just, you know, donations are appreciated. And the movie this uh, month that we're covering, Assassin 33 AD, is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Go check it out. Uh, go follow Daniel at Daniel F. Crow on Instagram. And that is it. Enjoy the episode. So let's <laughs> let's talk about the bottle episode. It's the highest rated episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Chelsea plans to throw a surprise birthday party to Sloan. And then it takes an interesting turn when Sloan's husband phones Chelsea to tell her that he's on his way back home. The word interesting doing a lot of heavy lifting there. <laughs> Rick has some mixed feelings about a dream he had for Chelsea. About Chelsea. Yeah, that. They say that's pretty much a plot line. It is a couple lines at the start of the episode about a weird dream he had. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because, well, they're trying to push uh, Jake McDormand and uh, Laura Prepon's characters together. Well, you know, they've got the electric chemistry, so why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, throughout the whole, like, the whole first season, you can tell there's going to be, like, a will-they-won't-they they dynamic. Sam and Diane. Yeah. We've got we've got these two people. They're young. They're hot. They hate each other, but they work together. And they did sort of hook up once. That's established in the pilot. Oh yeah, yeah. that they both wanted to be on top. Oh, that was. Oh, I forgot. That was the whole reasoning why they can't. What a flimsy. Was that from the so, book? No, 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 no. That's a, a made up thing. No, really, because I thought no way anyone can make up anything that creative. <laughs> it's just too funny. 
That is just a silly, goofy thing that they invented. Yeah, it's really one of the flimsiest excuses I've seen for people to not hook up at work. <sighs> it's, yeah, there, I, I was really hoping there'd be a more dramatic reason behind it. Like She takes his shirt off, neo-Nazi tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to be all the way on top. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> Uh, we're still against neo-Nazis. Yeah, we recorded an episode earlier where we took a big stand against neo-Nazis. So all oh of our episodes have to be a- against Nazis now. Uh, we're fine with it. We don't like them. A, yeah, br- yeah. a brave stance. Yeah. And thank God. Uh, but as a dude who has been in a situation where the girl is like, I want to be on top. You just let them be on top. There's not like it's never been a thing where it's like uh, my preferred position would be on top or something. But like. Yeah, sure. You want to you want to jump up? Go ahead. Yeah. I have to tell you, David, you've been cucking yourself. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! All that all that sex you've been having with women, lame. Yeah, it's been lame and gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, back to are you there, Chelsea? Speaking of lame, so <laughs> so that is the thing with uh, Jake's character. Like, is. They don't. They have that weird not chemistry. It's it's almost there, but it's just they're two hot people. They seem cordial. Yeah, but that's hot, about it. Maybe that's the thing is if you're hot enough, you're like women just always let me be on top. And he's finally met someone hot enough to deny him that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. You know, there wasn't the kind of explosive crackling chemistry you'd like to see between two romantic leads. I like that you describe chemistry like diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just pulling from what I know. Yeah. You know, that's my frame of reference. I do feel like Ali Wong is having the most fun, though. Or maybe Lenny Clark. I find Ali Wong to be such an absolute delight in the show and every time she's on screen. Yeah, she's actually like having fun and like bouncing through it. Exactly. Uh, So they, yeah, they throw this surprise party for her. For For Sloan's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, Sloan. I forgot. I was like Chelsea, because it's one of her actual sister's names. So oh, there you go. That's why, okay. and she's a Mormon. She's yeah. Well, they really they lean into it. That's so. That to me, I was like, okay, so that's maybe why her husband is serving in Iraq. Like I was trying to figure out. I was like, so she's more conservative. But she still lives in New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, just because yeah, they, she didn't move out to Long Island with the rest of the soldiers. Yeah, but she has brown hair, so it's like she's Chelsea's opposite. Yeah. Which actually is weird that they're, if she's playing a Mormon character, that they've made her brunette. Because I've been to Salt Lake City. They're all blonde. They're all blonde. I, uh, yes. From what I've seen on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, <laughs> they're they very that? blonde. Oh, yes. Oh. Four seasons in. <laughs> so one year. We get it, Daniel. You're straight. Oh, my God. <laughs> I literally am not. <laughs> literally asexual, but thank you. <laughs> Well, your lack of familiarity with Bravo's programming is giving heterosexual. <laughs> well, he's not giving homosexual. That is what you're... Yeah. you're he's not That's, giving off queer vibes. Well, and, he's giving off zero vibes. Negative vibes. Negative vibes. <laughs> yeah, that is honestly... I'm the only good... person that can fairly rate Bravo's programming. <laughs> exactly. Everyone else is coming in with biases for or against. Feed me Bravo, I shall judge. Get Andy Cohen on the phone. <laughs> Andy, come on the pod. Andy, come on the pod. Uh, literally, have sex on the podcast. You guys can watch. Andy, come be intimate with me on the pod. Change my ways, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Get him really into Bravo. Get me into Bravo, Andy. 
So, oh, so it's supposed to be a surprise party. Yes. And then it's ruined. The surprise is ruined. Yes. Because, well, she has a, because originally he hires a stripper. She hires a stripper. No, we never see who hires the stripper. She gets talked out of hiring the stripper. She's like, yeah, I won't do that. Someone hires the stripper. We don't know who. The stripper just shows up. Right. I thought she had hired the stripper. No, eventually she's talked out of it. They're planning on it. But then her dad's like, I told you you were going to throw a surprise party. She's like, well, I'm not going to do any of that. We'll just do nothing. So we don't know who hired the stripper? No, this is a stripper that works on, I guess, cold calls. (laughs) He just shows up places and starts stripping and hopes for the best. Uh, Perfect. I guess I like I feel like there had to have been a line that we just missed or that got cut. Right. Yeah. It seems like he just shows up like first. It's. The guy with the baby comes that back. That feels impossible. You know what I, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I, like, I don't want to believe that the show had this little logic. Well, I think there could be like the implication that maybe Ali Wong's character hadn't heard that that plan was not happening anymore. So she and, went through with it, but it's never really told. And the line was just cut in editing yeah. or something. Okay. I'll, I'm going to have to rewatch this whole episode I now. I think they wanted to be a surprise when the stripper shows up, but. I mean, once we go through that whole thing of people knocking on the door and entering, and then they think it's going to be the husband on that time, I'm like, okay, I know where this joke is going. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, oh, I laughed for a solid 30, 40 minutes straight. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> when that stripper showed up and started stripping, I was like, haha, the peak of comedy. It's always funny when a man is sexy. Yeah, it's really... As we learned from Magic Mike. <laughs> people think it's hilarious people Just, think it's hilarious that a woman would find a man attractive i mean we don't really do a lot to but a man would offer himself up as a as a as an a sexual object i mean could you even imagine like we're, we're because we're so much more than that yeah it's why, it's why people find my comedy so funny because <laughs> they only see me as an object and <laughs> Because of my Daniel raw, sex object crow. sexuality. That yeah. must be hard for you as an asexual. Yeah. He does yeah. every once in a while. People will try and get him to like have sex with that. I try not to do my asexual jokes because if I do my asexual jokes, there's like a 15% chance. Some guy's going to come up to me and be like, but would you sleep with my wife? And I'll be <laughs> like, I've got a podcast to record, sir. Yeah. It's not. You're like, uh, that wasn't like a challenge. <laughs> I'm not, like, people take it as one. Right. We're doing the asexual challenge. <laughs> Can you turn this guy? Can you break this ace? I just want to say to anyone listening, no ace one in the hole. No one will have fun. <laughs> it will be like watching Are You There, Chelsea? <laughs> Everyone will just kind of go, well, huh. I'm still pretty happy with Ace in the Hole. Well, stop the record. Let's film this pilot. <laughs> Ace of the, hold on, Ace of the Hole, this is the actual pilot pitch. Uh, it's, you're a gambling addict. Okay. You're an asexual gambling addict, and uh, you have to turn to prostitution to pay for your gambling debts, and it doesn't bother you at all, so you could have sex with anyone. And then it turns out you're just really good at being a prostitute, because you don't care about sex. God, how mm. sad would it be if I was the best sexer in the world? Ace in the Hole. <laughs> There's like this Onion article... And it was like, world's best cello player dies age 96, having never played cello. That could be me. <laughs> you could be the world's greatest sex worker. I could. You never know. 
No, the world will never know. The world will never know. Yeah. At least we get you to do, you know, hallucinogens. I have some, I have tums. Do those count? Yep, that is perfect. Perfect. There you go. All right, they make me horny. <laughs> uh, speaking of making me horny, let's talk about the rest of. Are you there, Chelsea? And the husband arrives. Yay, fun! Oh, there was a whole plot line where she, her sister was like, "I don't want to do anything all day," so they just got her drunk and had her eat a lot of salami. And then the husband was like, "I'm coming back, but don't tell my wife." Yeah, did this so all happen like basically four all hours? Set? They give us a time frame. Four hours, right? It took. But I'm saying like the this like it's like this all this this episode happens mostly on one set there right? are four sets there are it opens in the bar and the love interest says i had a dream about chelsea where she was a turtle and i wanted to sleep with her and then the the dwarf barback goes oh freud blah 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 and then they move to chelsea's apartment mm-hmm. and they're like i need to get something happening for my sister's birthday and then the dad's like, she doesn't want to do anything. She wants to just relax. And then they're like, okay. And then they go to the sister's apartment and they try to help her relax. And then she passes out drunk. The husband says, I'm coming back. Don't tell her. And so then they need to get her ready for the husband. So they just kind of cart her around town while she's passed out drunk. And they get her waxed for our second pube plot line. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Second pube she, plot line. She wakes up after being waxed. And then they get her changed. And this is the, that's our... Uh, fourth location is at the the waxing place oh yeah and then they take her back and then there's a whole bunch of people knocking at the door and then the husband comes back the end <laughs> and no no there's a fifth location there's the car the car with her co-worker where they give a big smooch yeah oh yeah they have a big smooch and then it ends and that's the end and uh i was happy to see uh carrie kenny silver as the waxer oh, oh yeah, yeah. reno 911 yeah. yeah in the state i love her doing a pretty thick russian accent yes and i and i will say that i do not trust an esthetician unless they have a vaguely sort of eastern european or russian accent and are kind of brusque they do the best work because they're not they're not gonna fuck around they've seen everything they They, can just handle it they're completely unfazed and they don't care they don't care if it hurts okay they're gonna get the job done a lot like the writers of are you there chelsea (laughs) they don't care if it hurts the audience how hard, 12 how hard did you laugh when uh, Chelsea Handler called her own vagina a Pikachu? Zero. I felt pain for the entire creative team because I know that's not how they wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to come up with another word to use. Is it and they re- settled for Pikachu, which doesn't even make sense within the mythos of Pokemon. <laughs> Pikachu is not a particularly sexual Pokemon. Yeah, but it's the one everybody knows, and it begins with P also, and it's a cute, fuzzy, adorable spot. I'm just saying, the generally accepted sexy Pokemon are Lopunny and Gardevoir, and they should have gone with one of those two. <laughs> I think Jinx is kind of seductive. Mm, but Jinx has the weird thing where it was in blackface for a while, so you don't want to bring up Jinx. That's true. Uh, this, this is what gets me canceled. Yeah. <laughs> just being pro-Jinx. On a pod being sexually fascinated by the blackface pokemon it's purple now so it's okay i guess but right now it's like fucking grimace <laughs> yeah which is also fine you're allowed to fuck grimace you're allowed to f- no it's encouraged you, everyone yeah. no matter what your sexuality is I, I even i would yeah <laughs> even you'd put out for grimace <laughs> i owe a debt to that hero for our country we all do uh okay uh how would you improve the show daniel um, it would be called Are You There Grimace <laughs> Okay, and Grimace would be the lead character 
<laughs> and he would just wander around a bar, or I guess he would work at a McDonald's. And he would work at the. He would go to the bar after his McDonald's. Yes, I love this. I'm on board. And it's all about um, Pamela. Is sat up. She is. She's ready. It's I'm all listening. about the development of the grimace meal. He's all. He's working towards that goal throughout the whole show. He's like a food inventor. Yeah. Okay. So it's. He's a hard alcoholic. Food I want inventor. you to imagine essentially this show or like Sex in the City, but all of the characters are replaced with the McDonald's mascots. So like the Hamburglers in it. <laughs> That one career criminal, the Hamburglar. He's reformed. Okay. He's the character that uh, she meets in prison in the cold open of this show. Wow, he's real Scott Lang. I think every character should be an animated mouse. (laughs) That's how I would improve it. It's a bar. Listen, that sounds great. An animated mouse that lives above a bar in New York City. That's also a bar. Wait a minute. A ratatouille, but like that's also Hitch? A ratatouille that hooks people up on dates? Exactly. Oh, oh. all right. Okay. Yeah. I honestly, I like the idea of just a rat sitcom in a bar, a bar inside a bar. <laughs> Normally, we have actual solutions for the show. It's always sunny, but mice. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is the first time no one has bothered to present a real oh, here, piece well, of advice well, I mean, for the okay. show. Put it on HBO. Put it on somewhere yeah, where you can do, yeah. where you can actually have a character grow and develop and be a piece of shit, and have it not be like a problem. Because, like the problem, the thing is, you can't get the wish fulfillment of a show. Like part of the Sopranos appeal is that, like, it's like, oh, I can kind of pretend to be Tony Soprano or these bad guys that I don't want to actually have the life of, mm-hmm. or wouldn't want to commit to, you know, tearing my soul apart to create. So it's like, oh. You can't really do that if you're doing it on NBC where they're like, oh, it's kind of bad what I'm doing, but I can't do anything bad enough to make the innocent character appear innocent enough to really have that balance. I might Mm -hmm. say that if you are dead set on doing it as an NBC sitcom, though, maybe give it a framing device like How I Met Your Mother, where they're talking about like this. These were the escapades I went through. Ooh, to it, maybe it's, ground it a little bit more, and it's told like in retrospect, yeah, yeah. Because if they're based on stories from her book, actually, I love the idea of she's piecing together her blackouts like yeah. a mystery, mm. or she could be at AA or something the whole time. Well, oh, like, and it's it's all she's telling like crazy, crazy stories from AA. I think yes. grounds that that grounds it great. Yeah, yeah. Because then you have you have that feeling of like, oh, the character's already changed, but we're gonna get to watch her get to that point and then you have it be chelsea in the beginning doing her stand-up monologues based on kind of what she was doing in aa i'm guessing that mm-hmm. was getting her laughs that would add some semblance of life to something that just feels a, a by committee otherwise uh okay so now let's recommend uh shows you uh, come back to me yeah i got i got one uh i i want to recommend i'm sorry because that's a version of someone taking their life and putting it on uh, TV with Andrea Savage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great. It's so much fun. It's so funny. And it's it's appropriately, because it's on true TV, they could be dirty and like, they they bleep the word fuck. But then if you get it now, it just has the word fuck in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a very fun and it feels very lived in, in that way that like, uh, this one doesn't. Um, this isn't related. It's a very different show. Great, but, but I'll recommend Rap Shit on HBO. Ooh, yeah, um, I've seen the new season. Yeah, they're now in the second season, and I fucking love it. I found out that the woman who plays 
chastity like the butch like pimp who's trying to manage the group yeah i found out that she got her start on reality tv she was on bad girls club <laughs> oh shit i know and now she's like a legit actor she's so good in the show bad girls club is like one of the most trashy reality tv shows where like they just throw a bunch of like bullies like girl bullies in a room and just let them kind of go at it thank the, you for explaining yeah. to me but if you get you can get thrown out of the, the house if you the fight <laughs> <laughs> you can get thrown out of the house if you like physically fight someone so sometimes by the end of the season there's like three cast members still in the house <laughs> <laughs> i like it's an elimination based show without actual elimination rounds exactly there's it's not it's just like a slice of life are both people it's fought just, out if they fight or only the instigator the in, i think the instigator see that's fun if you can like manipulate people's minds to start a fight with you eventually yeah. you just have a house to yourself yeah the show is psychological warfare yeah uh well i'm gonna go the exact opposite direction of my recommendation um this is in honor of how middle america the show felt to me at times um go watch antiques road show <laughs> i like antiques road show i like watching them be like it's worth how much <laughs> so <laughs> Go watch. It's also, because we talked about me being asexual, it's the least sexual show I can think of. There you go. <laughs> Antiques Roadshow. The least titillating show on television. Well, I'm sure some people, that's their thing. Well, and if you're an objectum sexual, yeah. you're getting turned on by some of those antiques. Some people are. And God bless them. 